0: So we are also very blessed um, to have Barbara Underhill, who's going to preach for us today. Uh, We are so blessed to have you and privileged to have Barbara uh, share a message with us today on this woman's day. And so let us hear the word that God has prepared for her today. Good morning, family and good morning, daughters of God. What a blessing it is to come before you this morning and to share with you this extraordinary Jesus who wants to touch us as women, wants to invite us into relationship with him. But I wonder if you've often felt that you don't fit in because it's a man's world. It's a saying we've heard so often, it's a man's world. Well, I want to tell you, it's not a man's world. It's our world. Men and women are invited into relationship with Jesus. But I want to set a scene for you and then move into the story that I believe Jesus has for us this morning. In the first century of Jewish culture, there was a prayer that men would say, and it's this Praise God that He did not create me as a woman. You see, women had no rights, women had no um, standing. They weren't even seen as people. And it is into this place that Jesus comes and steps in. Women in Jesus' day, and very often in our day, have no rights. If we look at the Middle East, in places where men dominate, women have no rights. They're not allowed to walk without a man. They have to walk behind their men. They're not allowed to go to the shops without being escorted by a man who is a member of their family either their father or a guardian, someone. And it is into this place that Jesus speaks. You see, we look at it and think, well, it couldn't possibly be. But it is. Even in our day, even in our world right now, there are women who have no rights. And Jesus wants to show us through the word of God that we have rights, that men and women have rights in the kingdom of God. And so I want us to come on a journey. So come with me as I share with you Jesus' remarkable introduction of woman into the scriptures, into a world where he loves woman and respects woman. And so the first instant that I, I see, look at is that Jesus speaks to women in public, which was unheard of. In places in this world, women are not spoken to, women are not treated as people. But you see, Jesus refuses to treat women as inferiors. He recognizes our pain and our brokenness and our need to be seen, and he recognizes our dignity, that he and our desires and our gifts. In Luke seven. Verses 7 to 17, there is an encounter that Jesus has with a woman who is weeping. Her son has died. She's the widow of Nan. And he sees her and his heart goes out to her. Now remember this, he speaks to her in public. And he says to her, don't cry. Don't cry. And he gives her back her son unheard of, for him to speak to a woman. In Luke 13, verse 12, Jesus sees a woman who has been bent over and crippled for 18 years, and he calls her forward in public, out, and he says to her, you are set free from your infirmity. And then he touches her. And he calls her a daughter of Abraham. You see, Jewish people in in Jesus' time understood that they were sons of Abraham. But woman had no right. And here he's giving her an equal right when he calls her a daughter of Abraham. Publicly, he recognizes her. He recognizes her heritage. He recognizes her as a daughter of Abraham. In John 4, verses 4 to 42, we read and hear the story of the woman at the, of Samaria, Samaria as she goes out at 12 o'clock in the heat of the day to draw water because it's an embarrassment for her to go in the cool of the morning or of the evening. And she meets Jesus. And he says to her, could I have a drink? Could I have some water? And her response is, well, do you have a bucket? And he then goes on to tell her that he is the living water and he recognizes her as a woman who is thirsty. Thirsty to be recognized, thirsty to be loved, thirsty to be taught. And he goes on and he tells her that he is the living water and that if she drinks from him, she'll never be thirsty again. And he says, she says, I want that. He recognizes her thirst and he offers to her the most precious gift, living water. Her response is is, is typical. How can you as a Jew ask me, a Samaritan, for water? You know who I am. I've had many husbands, and I'm a Samaritan. And you want water from me? You see, Jesus sees her as a person, as a woman, with dignity, with respect, with honor. And he enters into this dialogue which is so outrageous for her. It was outrageous for the disciples when they come back. But he, he sees her and he wants to talk to her. Do you know that Jesus sees you and wants to talk to you? No matter where we are in our journey, no matter who we are, he wants to speak to us. And when the disciples come back, they are very uneasy with this woman and the conversation, remembering she's a Samaritan. Samaritans were not people in Jesus' day, they were considered the outcasts. And he looks at her and he says to her, what are you looking for? But I'm, I'm amazed by what they say to Jesus. And why are you talking to her? Why are you talking to the Samaritan woman? Why are you talking to her? And it is in this picture, in this place, that Jesus reveals to her that he is the Messiah. He reveals a truth to her, a truth that that he is the Messiah. And it was with this truth that she goes back to Samaria, to town, and she tells the people of Samaria, I have met a man who has told me everything about me. And the people believe because of her testimony. Daughters of God, people will believe because of your testimony. She testifies that Jesus is the Messiah. She testifies that he is the living water. Now Jesus comes along and has great compassion and respect for women. He respects them and he loves them and he cherishes them. If we look at the story of the woman with the issue of blood, which is found in Luke 8 verses 43 to 48, I love this story. It's about a woman, a young girl who... Has an issue of blood for the best part of her life, and is isolated, and outside, she can't meet people. She can't. She doesn't have a husband. She's never had children. She doesn't even allow. She's not even allowed to go to synagogue. But she hears about a man, <clears throat> and his name is Jesus, and Jesus is on his way to heal Jairus's daughter. And in that moment of hearing. Great courage takes hold of her. And she says, if I can just get there, I can touch the hem, the wings of his garment, and I will be healed. She knows that in the Old Testament, that healing is in the wings. And Jesus' garment is the wings. And so, despite all odds, she pushes her way through. Remembering that she is unclean. And all the people around her, if they knew that she was there, she would be in great trouble. And in that moment, nothing stands in her way of meeting Jesus. Nothing stands in her way of touching Jesus in order to have this healing that she knows that he can give her. And she stretches out her hand she touches the hem of the garment. And Jesus says, great power has left me. Who has touched me? And the disciples say, are you kidding me? You're being squashed by people. And he says, no, no, no. Someone with a purpose touched me. Now she could have just slinked away and enjoyed her healing. But she doesn't. She steps out and says, it's me. And Jesus recognizes her, respects her courage, and has great compassion for her. And he says to her, your faith has healed you. You are healed. And what he does here is he does a remarkable thing. He calls her perhaps for the first time, daughter. She belongs. She belongs in a family. She belongs in 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 a community she belongs. Jesus sees her. He sees her. And maybe for the first time in all of her life, someone has seen her. Jesus saw her. The woman who is caught in adultery is brought by men and thrown before Jesus. And they say, well, what are you going to do about it? I often wonder where the men were. Because how did they know who she was? You see, they didn't see her. They saw her as a means to trap Jesus. But Jesus sees her. And he kneels down and he writes on the sand. Tradition has it that he would have been writing, perhaps her sin, perhaps word of scripture. But he sees her not as a sinful woman who needs to um, be rejected, but he sees her as a woman that needs healing, that needs to be accepted, that needs to know forgiveness. Jesus sees her and forgives her. In Luke 8, verse 44, Jesus is visiting Simon. And Simon hasn't given Jesus the respect that he would normally have received, which would mean to wash his feet and have an oil anointing. And a woman comes in and kneels before Jesus and washes his feet with her tears and wipes it with his hair. And know all the men around say so if Jesus is the Messiah, then he would know that she is a sinful woman. They don't see her. They see her sin. But Jesus sees her. And he says to Simon, do you see this woman? This woman, her her act will be written in the word of God and it will be remembered forever. But you didn't even see her as a person. I see her as a person. I see her in her pain, in her brokenness. He sees her. Jesus invites these women into his kingdom for them to discover a new image for themselves. Jesus is, a new, is the new creator of who these women will be. The woman with the issue of the blood, her life has changed forever. The woman who is caught in adultery, her life has changed forever. And the woman who weeps over Jesus and washes his feet, her life is changed forever because he sees them and he loves them. He has compassion for each one of them. Jesus calls women to be disciples. Now, we often look at just at the 12 men that are the disciples, but there were women who walked with Jesus and shared with Jesus. In this ministry. You see, Jesus strips away the expectation of the and the boundaries that men put out there and said, Women can't be disciples. But Jesus calls these women to be disciples. Women call Jesus called Mary Magdalene and Mary and various other women to be disciples, to tell the world about who he is. Women were not allowed to learn the scriptures, and yet Jesus teaches them to love the scriptures. He teaches them all about the Old Testament. He teaches them about revelation and how he is revealing himself to the world. He teaches them. In the story of Mary and Martha, You know the story, Martha is very upset because Mary has chosen to sit at the feet of Jesus. She sits at the feet of Jesus in order to learn. This is a man's world, and yet her courage and her determination to know Jesus takes her to the feet of Jesus to sit and to listen to what he has to say. He allowed her into the space. In fact, he invited her into the space. Men and women are invited into the space of Jesus equally, without discrimination. The women who travelled with Jesus were, in fact, women who um, supported the ministry out of their own finances. They were the people who financed this ministry. I always find it interesting that it is to a woman that Jesus first appears after resurrection. When Jesus appears to Mary and he calls her name Mary, he recognizes her as a person, as a woman. And what a, what a, what a testimony that would be to be recognized by Jesus, to have him call your name. Mary, Jane, Susan, Barbara, all of our names. Jesus calls our names, and we need to recognize him as we stand in a place of revelation. When Mary and and Martha are standing at Lazarus' tomb, what does Jesus say to Martha? I am the Resurrection. He reveals himself to Martha. He reveals that he is the resurrection. When Jesus reveals himself to Mary at the tomb, he says to her, go and tell the disciples. But the disciples don't believe her. When she says, he's risen, he's risen, they don't believe her but she believes Jesus. You see, it doesn't matter what other people think about whether whether they believe or not. You and I need to believe. So where does that put us in this day and age? Too often in our churches, in our society, in our workplace, we often will say it's a man's world. When we come into um, our workplace, it's often dominated by men. If we come into the church, often committees or um, activities are dominated by men. And yet, our churches are full of women. Isn't that remarkable? That our churches are full of women. And yet we, as women, too often do not feel that we have a place in the kingdom. When Jesus talks about us as women, he talks to us with respect. He recognizes who we are with our gifts, our dignity and compassion. In Acts 1, verses 13 to 14, there is this challenge of... Us becoming um, women in the gospel. And that women were at Pentecost and at the Ascension. Do you know that women received the power of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost? Not just the 12 that were there. That room was full of men and women. Men and women. In Matthew 13, verse 33, it says this, And the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of flour until the whole bunch was leavened. You and I, as women of God, are the leaven. And we need to um, put the leaven back into the world. Back into the church, so that the whole church, the whole bunch, is in fact full of the gospel. You and I, as women of God, daughters of God, have a unique place to play. And God is calling us because he needs our voices. Our voices need to be heard. We need to be the leaven. We need to be what what fills the kingdom. Our gifts, our creativity and our spirituality is of great value. And I want to say to you this morning, don't ever think or ever feel that you are not important. You are very important. And so we need to come before God as women, women of God, of great power and of great worth. And I pray that as you, daughters of God, and men and sons of Abraham, that you will hear the word today, spoken deeply into your heart, that you and I are of great value, pearls of great price. Amen. Let's come before God in prayer. Almighty Father, we praise you and thank you that we are your children, that we are sons and daughters of the living God, that we as women have been called to speak for you. We hear you in the scriptures. We see you in the word. We praise you and thank you that in this day and age we are able to touch the word and to learn the word and to share the word. Thank you, Jesus, that we are of great importance to you. Thank you that you see us, you see us, and you love us. Father God, I pray that as we journey in this next week that comes, that men and women will know you, because you they will know that you see them. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.